0: This episode is sponsored by Living Naked, the program designed to help you create a life you no longer want to escape from, where we combine coaching, community, and transformational content to continue your journey beyond alcohol. Stopping drinking was just the first step. We want to show you what's next. If you have found freedom from alcohol and now want lasting peace and control of your mind, emotions, and actions, Living Naked is for you. Join us to learn how to stop self-medicating and stop trying to escape your life and emotions. Shift your mindset and create the life you desire. Gain control of and freedom from limiting thoughts and beliefs. Learn how you can do all of this and more at livingnakedpath.com.
1: Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I'm here with Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Annie. (laughs) How How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Why don't you kind of take us back to the beginning, like your first drink or your first experiences? Where did this whole journey start for you?
2: Sure. Well, my first drink was in high school. I remember not liking the taste. Um, I didn't drink very much, though, thankfully, then. It wasn't until college that I actually started drinking a little bit more. Um, My freshman year in college, I moved to Atlanta to go to Georgia Tech and I met my now amazing husband Keenan, who at the time um, was not a great influence as a boyfriend. And uh, we both together went down a very destructive uh, journey together, lifestyle habits and uh, of drugs and alcohol. And that was when I differentiated the two. Um, So we kind of went off the path for a little while, I flunked out of Georgia Tech. I overdosed twice, once ending up in the ER. Um, and thankfully, thanks to Jesus and our praying mamas, we kind of found ourselves again. And we got back on track and started making better uh, choices for our life. Um, we, uh, he enrolled in hair school, which is actually the family business. And I wrote a persuasive letter to Georgia Tech asking for forgiveness and asking if I could come back and finish what I started. So I actually graduated uh, from there in 2003. Same year we got married and we bought our first home. So life was pretty good, it seemed, for a while. Um, But the honeymoon wore off and early in our marriage, I started to spiral into anxiety and depression Um, and really bad panic attacks. I had graduated with this degree, but I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I was working at a job that I just didn't like. So alcohol definitely helped me, I thought, to sort of numb that part of my life that wasn't, that I didn't care for, Um, but it really, it was, it was the last a drug that we felt entitled to, given all that we had given up together with our destructive lifestyle. So we didn't, that didn't seem like anything negotiable. Like it was part of our tennis and it was part of our neighborhood and just what we did uh, regularly. So I wasn't, I wasn't in a place to, to give that up quite yet, Um, but it didn't do very well for our marriage. It didn't do good for me and my anxiety uh, we started to drink amounts that we would hide from each other and we would fight. I mean, it just wasn't going in a, in a very positive direction. Um, we'd always been into physical fitness. We actually worked out at the same gym. We didn't meet there, but we started there. I was an Olympic lifter. He was a bodybuilder. We were both personal trainers. So physical fitness was a big part of our life, um, but I was drinking so much to kind of numb from this life that I wasn't happy about that I was putting on weight and I was gaining weight. So that, made me more depressed. Um, I actually referred to that season of my life. I was fat and effed up, you know, but I wasn't in a good headspace. Um, I did actually stop drinking when we were, we finally, after fertility treatments, I became pregnant with my, our first child. So that was great. Um, but nine months later, I mean, almost almost when he was born, I started drinking again. And uh, I remember, and I'm embarrassed of it, but I remember pumping and dumping. I'm sure you've heard of that. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it started back, it's that pitcher plant, right? It's just that slippery slope right back t- to where we were. And so we were drinking heavy again. Um, my rock bottom moment was driving drunk with my infant son in the car. Um, he was almost one years old and thankfully we made it home, but I even driving, I remember thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, and Keenan had something, you know, another instant happen. And so we basically, Annie just had a come to Jesus moment and it literally, cause we prayed <laughs> and we were just, we knew we couldn't do it anymore. We could not go down this path. Moderation was too hard and we had tried that. And so we knew it was time to stop. And quite frankly, I was pissed about it. Um, I, I was mad that I had to give this up, but I knew that I had to give it up. And he and I both did that at the same time in 2009. I remember a chiropractor at this time and we were talking about something unrelated. And he was talking about the difference between a decision and an incision Mm. and saying in surgery, you make an incision and there's still skin attached, but you're cutting into it. But when you make a decision, it is a disconnect. And that has stuck with me all these years. Um, That day when we, we made a decision not to drink, we cut it off. We completely stopped. um, And We were sober for nine years and it was um, an awesome nine years. I'm so grateful for that time that we had Uh, my depression and my anxiety. It subsided so much that I actually thought I had some sort of unspoken agreement with God. Like if I don't drink ever, I won't have panic attacks ever. And this was my first experience with this, the powerful mind body connection I believed this so much, so that that was my truth, and that was my reality, um, and I really didn't experience the anxiety and depression, but fast forward a few years, I'm now a stay-at-home mother of three little ones, and they are preschool, kindergarten, grade school, and I was homeschooling, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, anxiety showed back up in a big way. And so I was having that debilitating panic. And of course I felt completely exposed and confused because I thought that I had disagreement and I was sober. Um, It showed back up. And I know now it was because of other things going on in my life. Um, But but eliminating alcohol 100% kept it at bay. For all those years but it showed back up and this time I have three little ones depending on me so I had to um, I pulled out all the stops I told my friends I told my counselor I went to the doctor I got back on medication um, I did what I needed to do to get through that season um, I just felt like I guess I, I succumbed to the fact that I was a victim of my biology and this was just the way it was going to be um, so I did what I had to do to get by. Um, I didn't want to be on medication forever. That's just my personal journey and my, my personal choice. That wasn't the goal, but I am so grateful for that time that it helped me kind of get my head above water so I could take a breath. Um, but we were on an anniversary trip one year without kids and without responsibilities, and I'm honestly not sure how it started the conversation, but I was enjoying my virgin pina colada, which is my favorite little drink. And my husband was like, why don't we get one real one and split it? And I was like, my first reaction was, no, we don't do that. I don't do that, you know. Um, But I don't know. Eventually we were like, okay, let's just get one. I mean, we're in a better place now. It's been eight years. We are responsible parents, you know, life is good. The anxiety is better. I know I didn't, I knew that connection wasn't there necessarily. So I was like, okay, so we had a pina colada on the beach. And then later, maybe the next day we each had our own. And then at dinner, we had some wine and you see where this is going with your pitcher plant analogy. That's my favorite, by the way. Um, We came home from that trip and we thought, okay, it'll just be when we're on trips together. But that quickly turned into weekends or celebrating something. And then it was weekends. And then it was, you know, every night. Um, It wasn't one of you sort of like instigating
1: it or was it kind of you're both in was.
2: We were both in. It's so funny. We have always done life. It seems like together. (laughs) So we were both we were both just okay with it and going along with it. Um, I remember feeling very welcomed back into society because it's so everywhere. And it's suddenly like, I can go to this place and I can go hang out with that friend. And, you know, you just feel like, okay, I'm normal again, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm drinking. Um, It wasn't necessarily a, It was different from the first time. It wasn't necessarily problematic yet, but it was hijacking my thoughts. And so it was completely taking away a lot of mental energy, which is to me like the worst part. (laughs) Um, When I am, when I was on a date with my husband and drinking, I was no longer on a date with him. I was on a date with my drink and when I'm trying to listen to my kids it's hard for me to focus on what they're saying because I'm listening to the voice saying, you know, you have one more glass in the fridge and you can get away with one in front of them, but maybe when they, if they go to bed early, you could have some more. And so it's just, that was exhausting trying, you know, moderating back in this, you know, second phase. Um, the alcohol- I have a quick question about the first phase. So did you, did you go to meetings?
1: Did you, did you guys identify like just kind of cold turkey, that decision, that sort of spontaneous sobriety, you made that decision and yeah, a firm decision actually solves all other decisions, you know, and then when you open it back up. Okay. So yeah, it was was no
2: spontaneous, um, never been to meetings, none of that. And it wasn't, wasn't a struggle really for those first eight years. I will say the first year there's it's, to, for us, it was a little bit of a grieving of every holiday that went by. It seemed so weird. But after a while, especially after that first year, it didn't. It was very much. That's just what we did or didn't do. Um, So the alcohol consumption, actually, you know, surprise, surprise, increased my anxiety. <laughs> um, And so during this time, I had actually had a friend recommend another book. I hadn't read yours yet and getting there. Dr. Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's a neuroscientist and she talks a lot about what you mentioned cognitive dissonance. Um, But she, on the back of her book, says, You're not a victim of your biology. And that was mind blowing to me that you actually have control um, and you can make conscious decisions and choose your thoughts and rewire your brain. And that was all, you know, fascinating for me. So, I, I loved the book. I started working on my mental health, just like I've always done with my physical health. And I slowly started to come off my medication because again, that was what I wanted to do. Um, but in the back of my heart and my mind, uh, I knew that I was simultaneously cleaning out my mind and putting toxins in my body. And there was the that cognitive dissonance that would not leave me alone. But just to be sure that I didn't have to or that I had to put it down, I asked Google (laughs) if I was an alcoholic, if I had a problem with alcohol because I have never labeled myself that, it never felt right, but I wanted to know if there were boxes to check or a quiz to take or something. So during this time, another friend, because I was open with my friends about what was going on, somebody recommended your book to me, a friend recommended your book to me. Um, and also my friend Meredith Atwood, she uh, yeah. talked about you in the Love past. Meredith. Yes, yes. So she'd mentioned you. So I read your book. Um, I loved the the subtitle, The Control Alcohol, because I'm like, that's it. That's what I need is the controlling the alcohol Um, part of it. And I wish now, I wish Annie, when people Googled stuff like that, it came straight to your site. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. Just redirect them all. Yeah.
2: Very, very helpful. (laughs) um, In reading your book, I learned the truth of the substance of alcohol that is, you know, more destructive than illegal and pharmaceutical and recreational drugs. I learned through your book that it wasn't me. It was the drink. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I shouldn't have asked, do I have a problem with alcohol? The better question would be, is alcohol problematic? Yes. And, um, in general, probably yes. For me, definitely. Yes. So thank you. I, um, that was a very, very powerful tool and it helped solidify, you know, that I didn't need that war going on in my mind. So I knew once again that I had to put it down, but alcohol dims my light. Um, It does not make me feel good. And I believe in whole health, mind, body, spirit, and that they are all connected. So I knew once again that I needed to, to put it down. But this time it was so different because it wasn't a rock bottom. It was a very quiet surrender. It was a mushy middle <laughs> of just realizing that I, it was in a place I didn't want to be. Um, that it took too much for me to moderate, even just the mental energy of looking forward to the next one. I didn't want that to be a part of 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 my life. I didn't want that to be a part of my story. Um, I I've never really liked the term sober just cause I feel like the opposite of it is drunk. And, yeah. but I wasn't drunk when I made the decision again to quit drinking. I was very much aware and very vigilant, um, that this was the path that I needed to be on. So I stopped drinking again this time though, without my husband. Mm. And I, I told him that I was done. I said, I'm done drinking. I, I don't want this and he said okay baby i'm i support you he didn't say okay let's do this together but i was learning that this is my journey to walk and even though we're married and best friends you know this was something i had to do for me and i made the decision whether he was on board or not that i was yeah. done love that so i would tell him like i'm 30 days i'm 60 days i'm 90 days and every single time he said, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. I told him to read your book (laughs) and, um, I wasn't being persuasive. I was being attractive. Right. I hear that's an AA thing. And he did read your book. He loves facts. He loves learning. He's very teachable. And I remember one time him telling me I'm getting there. I'm on my way. And I just gave him his space to do that. And it wasn't till about six months after I had stopped drinking again that he decided to stop drinking. He had a rough night and uh, and he and he stopped drinking again for that second time. So I I could be upset, you know, that I had that little hiccup. Um, I was in my ego that I had stopped my whole nine year streak or whatever but those years, I feel like are cumulative. And even though I, I stopped and, or started back and then stopped back, I mean, they still add up. Yes. I'm grateful for the deeper lesson. I know now that um, I can have a drink whenever I want to. Thank you very much. But it dims my light and that it's a very slippery slope. So I'm, I'm just wide awake. To my life now um and aware of my my choices i do have a a little part three though that i've recently learned and i don't know if you've ever talked about this i haven't read much about it but one of our mocktails was kombucha Hmm. and uh, and they are fermented tea and they say on the label trace amounts of alcohol blah 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 um but those were like our little drinks that we would drink on the beach and our mocktails Or it's good for your gut, all the stuff. Right. But slowly I noticed my favorite flavor had a gold label. And then I noticed there's all these, I mean, they're everywhere now, Annie, all these like hard kombuchas that were this healthy drink that now have all this alcohol content which I'm not sure what happens to the health part of it. I feel like it's probably just burned out of it by then. But I remember a day and I was enjoying these kombuchas, um, but I remember a day where they moved it to the back where it belonged in the cases with all the alcohol. And I'm like, Bonnie, (laughs) there you go again on your pitcher plant. You know, I couldn't make that walk in good faith and not be at war with myself you know? So it was just another like wake up call that you have to be vigilant. I mean, alcohol messages and alcohol is so ubiquitous. It's so everywhere. Um, but you have to be vigilant about it. It's in our, I remember watching a TV show with my kids and it's a kid's show, but every time the parents were in the scene, they had wine and it was driving me crazy. I'm thinking there's gotta be, a law or something where you cannot subtly market alcohol to children. It was blowing my mind that it was in these shows. Have you seen anything? like?
1: I mean, everything like my son and I watch the flash. It's like a DC superhero and they're drinking all the time. It's right.
2: Right. And it's a good
1: show. It's like four kids. Like,
2: yes. And this one has great, um, you know, it's got great content and family unit. And it's about, I think the premise is about a kid with cancer. I mean, it's like great messages, but I'm like, why is that in there? Uh, It's just so presumed, you know, to be consumed in our society. But um, it's funny now. I mean, I, I hear women and friends talk about depression and anxiety and all these different things. And I, I mean, it's my go-to solution, although I'm not always brave enough in the moment you know, to say it because I don't want to be Bonnie, the buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> but I do want to, I do want to say like, have you, have you tried not drinking? <laughs> have you stopped drinking? Cause I feel like it's such, it just adds fuel to every ailment and everything, any potential problem that you could have and yeah. life. Um, I feel like it's the most eliminating alcohol is like, the most simple, difficult thing you could do yeah. to improve your light, your life. But I am, I'm grateful for the journey. I'm still on it. And, um, I'm just grateful for people like you too, who are sharing truth. That's awesome.
1: Well, that's so cool. I, am um, another one of those, those shows was the book wonder, which was such a good book, kids book, wasn't really any drinking in the book. I don't remember any drinking the book. And then they made it a movie and the whole movie is so boozy. It was for sure like some sort of sponsorship and it's like, it's a kid's movie and yeah, there's no law against it. And we just have to be so vigilant and see it for what it is, I think, which is really important. Um, And then circling back to kombucha. I remember that too. I used to drink kombucha a lot and then hard kombucha came out and it wasn't it wasn't clear which ones were hard and which ones weren't hard, you know. And it, they've made it clear now. I think the the yes. kind of regulation is cut up, but it was um, really interesting. And and with the hard, you know, you say like, does it overcome the health benefits? So one of the things, Doctor Amon talks about very articulately is this idea of, uh, he just, it's interesting, he has some some videos with Mel Robbins and Mel Robbins likes her drink. She's the author of like the five second rule and she's done like high five yourself. She's like pretty big self-help author. And, but she likes her drinks and he has some videos where they're chatting about it, right? And they're talking back and forth. And he's like, do you wanna hear some facts or do you not wanna hear some facts? She's like, all right, tell me the facts, right? And he goes, You know how we're in this pandemic? And he says, You know how the hand sanitizer, he's like, Why do we use hand sanitizer? And he's like, Because it kills all the germs, it kills all the bacteria. And he goes, Okay, your gut is full of bacteria and it's good bacteria. And it's those probiotics. That's what kombucha is supposed to be healthy about, is all of that introducing that good bacteria. And he goes, But alcohol <laughs> yes. kills it. So having alcohol is like, just taking your whole gut biome and knocking it all out, and of course your gut biome there is there's relation scientifically to to depression and to anxiety yes. um, when those things aren't in line. Indigestion, like there's so many things that we're so reliant on all these microorganisms in our gut, and we're just obliterating them every time we drink alcohol. And I was like, oh. Uh, so well articulated and, um, and just interesting. So yeah, the hard kombucha, it for sure impacts any health benefit. Now, right. I, I understand that now you can have, um, they've labeled some zero percent. So if you want to dip a toe back and just make sure you look at that label, I do right. still, but you're, you're right. It's, it was really interesting what happened with that whole thing. I kind of yes. <laughs> was right there
2: with you watching it. Well, my son is 13 and he went on a trip recently and he was he said uh, like one of the teachers said, here, you can have one of these and gave him a kombucha. And he goes, but mom, I read the label. (laughs) I turned it around like they know, like, you know, read, read it. But, you know, about the pandemic, I will say you probably know amazing stats about people who have probably started drinking or drinking more through all of this. But there have been so many times the past few years that I've looked at my husband and said, I'm so glad I don't drink. I would not be able to handle the normal stresses. Um, So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that I remember getting interviewed, especially in the early days of the pandemic on a lot of different TV shows, you know, about what was happening and looking across even, you know, um, so the alcohol experiment has now had close to 400,000 people in it. And so looking at, it's a good data point of like, are people engaging in it? Are people not? And in April, um, at March of 2020, our numbers like fell, like people were not joining the free alcohol experiment and then. <laughs> In, by May of 2020, we had the largest uh, numbers of people joining every single day that we've ever had. And so I think one of the things that has been really interesting, and I'm like an eternal optimist, so I always, I was like the positive um, to find some, some silver lining, but how, you know, in our lives, we can all pretty much track, like it kind of has to get like better and, and have some cost before, before we look at it and i think that has been a catalyst for a lot of people i mean it certainly obviously isn't across the board but i think the it the collective questioning of our relationship with alcohol has gone up by yeah. a lot since we've kind of all been in the let's overdo it together you know? yeah. now we can like all the guardrails were taken away right like now all right who who cares like you're on zoom at noon nobody has to know it's a <laughs> You know, right, wine in your coffee mug or whatever the case is. And so, right. and all the memes are reinforcing it. So it was interesting how it, it really did go in a way, but I know there's a lot of people who are stuck in ways that they weren't pre-pandemic, but I do think that it is kind of an evolution for everybody. So sometimes we have to have it get a little worse before we start looking at
2: making it better. Right, right. And even if you have your moments- Um, whereas I did, I had to learn the deeper lesson a couple of times, you know, don't waste time just yelling at the wagon and cussing it out, get back on it, you know, forgive yourself, move on. It's all a journey. So yes, I know now when I string a day, a week, a month, a year, I'm just a better Bonnie, better wife, better mother. So that's my journey. I love that. And I I like
1: how you talked about, um, it hijacking your thoughts. You know, I, I remember that for sure. Thinking, oh, like, can I just get these kids to sleep? You know, now I, I love bedtime. Like bedtime is such a special time, but spent so many years just trying to hurry through it. And now I also have a 13 year old and bedtime is not real interesting to them anymore. <laughs> like they're not all about like the stories and the cuddles and, you know, right. there was, um, it's, it's a finite thing, bedtime stories. And, to be yeah. rushing through it, to be just trying to like get to the other side so I could drink more.
2: Um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm not very
1: present. happy to be there.
2: Yeah, it takes away, robs you of the present moments.
1: Absolutely. Well, let me ask you the question that I sort of end these things with, which is if you were going to, you know, go back to Bonnie. um who was feeling like her mind was being hijacked and and really wondering like, huh, I I don't know where this is going and really tell her about what
2: life is like now. What would you tell her? Oh, it's so worth it. Life, everything is um, more heightened. The good times are better. The bad times you can deal with better. Um, My marriage is great. We don't fight. Sex is awesome. My kids, I enjoy them. I enjoy all the moments. I'm here for all the moments. I'm not rushing through them. Um, Everything is brighter and your light is much brighter without alcohol. You don't need it. So that's what I would say to Bonnie.
1: (laughs) How cool. Well, that's great. Anything else you want to
2: share? I don't think so, but I was going to tell you, Annie, I've well, I read your book a couple of years ago, but I, I listened to it on audiobook just to kind of get a refresher because it's been a while. And I get tripped up on narrators sometimes. And I was like, oh, this is a great narrator. And then I was like, oh, it is her. So Yay. I enjoyed your voice. So oh, thank you, you. you
1: did a great job. So thank you. That thank was you. such a funny experience. I was like, this is the most like both boring and anxiety inducing thing that I've ever done. Cause you basically <laughs> have multiple people in your ear, like four, oh, really? and they're all like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You pronounced that wrong. Uh, you didn't pause after that. And no, there was a comma there. And so over <laughs> and over Nope. Start, start at the top of the page. Nope. And so you, you always are getting stopped. And I was like, Oh, oh. then you're in there for four days for, you know, an eight hour book. And It was really interesting, but I did enjoy narrating both my books. My first, um, the, I wrote a book, or I mean, the book was translated into Spanish and I had someone else narrate it for me, obviously. And um, my Spanish is okay, but not that great. And it was, yeah, it was interesting. I was like, I, I just want to read this myself. This is, this is important to me. So I don't know, sometimes the author's like get kicked
2: out of their own narration because the people are like, no, (laughs) that's a no. But you did a good job. I enjoyed having you read it to me. It made it more personal. I felt like you were talking to me. So thank you. (laughs) Well, thanks for letting me know.
1: Super fun. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. Thanks for coming on. It was so fun to get to know you. And thanks for sharing your story. Thank
2: you,
0: Annie. Hey, Coach Scott here. I have a question for you. Have you found freedom from alcohol, but still find yourself trying to escape your life? Do you kind of feel like, all right, I did that, so now what? Are you craving joy and happiness? Do you have this feeling that you're meant for something more? Are you ready to start living a life you love? I know exactly how that feels. The same thing happened to me after I stopped drinking. I knew there was more for me, and I found it. You can too. That's why we created the Living Naked membership, because I don't want you to have to go through the next part of your journey alone. We want you to live a life where you are in control and at peace. You deserve it. Find out if Living Naked is perfect for you at livingnakedpath.com.